0: Welcome to God First with Brian C. Thomas, a program committed to encouraging you to put God first while viewing life through the window of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let's join Brian C. Thomas for today's message. Greetings in the name of our great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Brian Thomas, and as always, it is a joy, an honor, and a privilege to join you each week, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Well, today we're going to get back into our series on the book of Revelation. But before I do so, I want to provide some brief comments concerning what is taking place right now between Russia and Ukraine. Folks, it is so important that we have a biblical worldview. And what I mean by that is just as our motto here at our ministry states, that we encourage you to put God first while viewing life through the window of the Bible. It is so important to view all of life through the window of the Bible. And so what I want to share with you is when we look at the conflict that is taking place, pay special attention to Russia, China and Iran. Those nations are all very chummy with one another. They're bosom buddies. They, they have each other's backs. And I believe that when we look at China and Iran, they are watching to see how things are going to unfold in Ukraine, to see how is the world responding to it. And if this event, this war, this invasion goes in the favor of Russia, if if Putin is successful in doing what he wants to do, do not be surprised if we see China invade Taiwan. Do not be surprised if we see Iran invade Israel, because this could be setting the stage For what we see in the Bible that is called the Gog Magog Alliance spoken of in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, we could see the beginnings of this taking place. And especially when you look at the fact that, well, last year, our nation, the United States of America left billions of dollars worth of military equipment in Afghanistan. It seems as though the stage is being set for this biblical war, again, known as the Gog Magog War. Spoken of in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Now, I am not making a prediction. I want to be very clear on that. Sometimes we see these things happen and it could be years before things unfold. But I do believe that we are living in the last of the last days. And concerning the last days, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, verses 32 through 34, he said, now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branches already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. The nation of Israel was rebirthed into a nation in May of 1948. Well, May of 2022 will be 74 years. Remember, our Lord said in the verse that I just shared with you that this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Well, how long is the generation? Well, in the book of Psalm, chapter 90, verse 10, it says the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years. So, again, when we look at Israel, Israel is the fig tree that blossomed into a nation. And Jesus said, when you see that happen, the generation that sees that will see the fulfillment of these events. So, again, I'm not making a prediction that we are going to see necessarily things happen within the next uh, six years. But we should pay close attention to what is taking place, because the Bible says that these are events that would unfold. and, And our Lord gave us the indicators right in the scriptures. So pay close attention and look at these things through the window of the Bible, because we could see the stage being set this event in which we are going to see this Alliance come in to invade the nation of Israel. And, And this is why folks, when, when we look at the Bible, God in his great love and mercy, he told us in the scripture, what would take place. And it saddens me when I see so many churches that instead of looking at what our Lord said would be indicators of his return and to therefore get excited about it and to, to navigate these issues of life, the proper way based on scripture Um, so many are instead focused and concerned on social justice matters. They are being blindsided by black lives matter movements. Um, you know, things that are, are not of God. And so, and I've spoke about that in the past, I won't go deep into it today, but we should pay close attention to what is taking place with Russia, China, and Iran. Watch to see what unfolds over the coming months or maybe the coming years, Concerning, but let's pray for those people that are being affected by this war. All right, so on to the book of Revelation. We're going to look today at chapter 16. We're going to begin with verse 1. So if you will, please turn your Bibles there with me. And before we get into it, let's go to our Lord for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together, this time of fellowship to study your divine and holy word. We pray, Lord, that all things that are spoken are nothing but sound doctrine. And may you, Lord God, be honored and glorified in all things in your name. Jesus, we pray. Amen. The book of Revelation, chapter 16, verse one reads. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of wrath of God on the earth. In 1971, there was a song released by a group called The Persuaders. The song was titled Thin Line Between Love and Hate. So I'm going to take a moment to share some of the lyrics with you. The song states, it's five o'clock in the morning. I'm just getting in. I knock on the door. A voice sweet and low says, who is it? She opens up the door and let me in. Never once does she say, where have you been? She says, are you hungry, honey? Did you eat yet? Let me hang up your coat. The woman tells me, pass me your hat. All the time she's smiling, never raises a voice. It's five o'clock in the morning. I don't give it a second thought. It's a thin line between love and hate. Don't think you can keep breaking your woman's heart and she'll sit back and enjoy it. It's a thin line between love and hate. She's going to fool you one day. The sweetest woman in the world could be the meanest woman in the world. If you make her that way, you keep hurting her. She keeps being quiet. She might be holding something inside that'll really, really hurt you one day. Here I am laying in the hospital, bandaged from feet to head in a state of shock. Just that much from being dead. I didn't think my woman would do something like this to me. I didn't think my girl had the nerve. Here I am. I guess actions speak louder than words. You know, I must admit, I, I get a bit of a chuckle and I, I shake my head every time I hear this song, but it is definitely not funny to anyone who is experiencing what is taking place. Much like the man who apparently was convinced that he could just do his own thing walk in accordance with the desires of his heart and flesh. Many people today live their lives the same way. And yes, it is true that many do this when it comes to romantic interests. Many have one love over here, another lover over there, and a lover on the way. But the same applies when it comes to Almighty God. You see, a lot of people go through life thinking they can claim to be a lover of God, while at the same time loving the world and the ways thereof. Our Lord Jesus said in John fourteen fifteen that the way to display your love for him is by keeping his commandments. And many claim to love him, but yet are drawn to and follow after things that are direct contradiction to his commands. Many today are living lives of sexual immorality, murdering, lying, stealing, cheating. And like the woman in the song, God often continues to bless us, even in the midst of our unfaithfulness to him. And if we're honest, we don't deserve it. But he continues to provide us with food, clothing, a roof over our heads, a job, good health, finances, you name it. And he does this because of his grace, because of his mercy, because of his compassion. And many are deceived into thinking that because God does not strike them down immediately following their fornications, Immediately following their drunkenness, immediately following their idolatry, that God must be okay with them, that everything must be all right. Even though deep down inside, you know, he is not pleased. Don't think you can keep breaking God's heart and that he just sits back and enjoys it. This man continually stepped out on his wife and she tolerated it for a time, hoping that someday he would change, hoping that someday he would repent hoping that someday he would be totally devoted to her. But one day her patience ran out. The day came when she said, I have no more grace to offer. And she unleashed her wrath upon her one time lover. And there he was left in a state of shock, thinking she would never do such a thing to him. The song is called thin line between love and hate. But when it comes to our Lord Jesus, it is a thin line between love and judgment. Jesus is love. He loves us all, but he hates sin because he is just and because he is just, he must judge sin and he is patiently waiting and urging mankind to be totally devoted to him. But one day his grace will run out and his word declares that a day of judgment is coming for all who reject him. And many proclaim Jesus as Lord, but our actions speak louder than words. The day is coming when our Lord will give a loud command from the temple of heaven. He will tell the seven angels to pour out his wrath upon the earth. And when that day comes, an unimaginable amount of suffering will come upon the earth. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew twenty four twenty one that it will be the greatest time of tribulation that the world has ever seen or ever will see. And many will be left in a state of shock, thinking that God would never unleash such a judgment upon them. And it will be so bad that the people of the earth will call out to the mountains to fall on them, to hide them from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. So the question is, are you stepping out on God today? I urge you to repent. Do it right now and give your heart to our Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sins and profess him as Lord and Savior and turn away from wrongdoing. Do not abuse the grace that he gives us. Yes, he is love but he must judge sin. And Jesus already paid the wage of sin by dying at Calvary. But you must receive him in order to receive his payment for your sins. If you reject him, you will pay with your own life and face the wrath of almighty God. Come to our Lord Jesus on today while you have the opportunity. We're going to pause for a short announcement, but please don't go away. We'll be back with more on the other side of the break. You are tuned into the God first program. You are listening to Brian C. Thomas on God First. For more of Brian's teachings, please visit godfirst.org to browse our extensive library of material. There you will find devotionals, blogs, articles, and audio messages available as MP3 downloads on various topics such as salvation, Bible prophecy, marriage, and the significance of blessing Israel, just to name a few. You can also sign up for our monthly newsletter and visit our web store. So please visit us at godfirst.org. Now, let's return to the conclusion. Of today's message. Welcome back to the program. My name is Brian Thomas, and today we are looking at the book of Revelation chapter 16, as God is pouring out his wrath in the bold judgments to an unbelieving world. So as we move on to verse 16, or sorry, chapter 16, verse 2. So the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth in a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worship his image. Once our Lord gives the command to pour out his wrath upon the earth in verse one, the first angel goes following the order. When he pours out his bowl of wrath, sores break out on people of the earth. Another translation describes these sores as ugly and painful. And the same word that is used here for sore was used by the Old Testament translators of the Septuagint for boils in the account of the Egyptian plague. So many call it the plague of boils. The account of the Egyptian plague, which was plague number six, is found in Exodus chapter nine, verses eight through 12. Those verses read, so the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, take for yourselves handfuls of ashes from a furnace and let Moses scatter it toward the heavens in the sight of Pharaoh. And it will become fine dust in all the land of Egypt and it will cause boils, that break out in sores on man and beast throughout all the land of Egypt. Then they took ashes from the furnace and stood before Pharaoh and Moses scattered them toward heaven. And they caused boils that break out in sores on man and beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils. For the boils were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he did not heed them, just as the Lord had spoken to Moses. This plague takes my mind back to when I was about six or seven years old. It was at that time that chicken pox swept through my first grade classroom. And after spreading through my schoolmates, I remember most of my young family members coming down with it as well. It began as a rash that turned into an itchy, fluid-filled blisters. And there were blister sores that broke out all over our bodies. I even remember having the sores within my, my hair on the scalp of my head. And they were very painful and, and very itchy. My parents tried to get me to not scratch because the more I scratched, the worse the itch and the more the virus would spread over your body. So it was a miserable feeling that really lasted only about a week, but it seemed to go on for years because of how bad it was. And then the sores eventually turned to scabs. And and even once I reached adulthood, I still had scars on my body as a reminder of my ordeal with chickenpox. And the young generation today is spared from the suffering of chickenpox because a vaccine was released in 1995. But our Lord Jesus declared that the judgments of the tribulation will be the worst suffering that those on earth will ever experience. So, needless to say, the chickenpox of my childhood would be like a walk in the park compared to the first bold judgment of sores. It will be like chickenpox on steroids. But there are two key points that I want to highlight with this judgment. Number one is the timing. This judgment comes at a time when Antichrist has set himself up as an object of worship. That takes place at the midpoint of the tribulation. And point number two is the recipients. It is the worshipers of Antichrist that are afflicted with these loathsome sores. There will be Christ followers on earth during this time. They will be the ones who receive our Lord Jesus after the rapture of the church. God will protect them from this judgment, just as he did the Hebrews during the plagues of Egypt. The question that I have for you, is your heart hardened toward Jesus Christ? I urge you to repent and to receive him as Lord and Savior. And you may say, if all this is true, then I'll just get right with Christ during the tribulation. But folks, that is a dangerous game to play. And is no guarantee because the Bible declares that God will send strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's second Thessalonians two verses 11 through 12. We do not know for certain who the delusion will come upon, but it is implied that it will be for those who heard the gospel and knew the truth, but willfully rejected it to indulge in the pleasures of sin. God will cause them to believe the lie and accept the mark of the beast, meaning suffering under the wrath of God If you are still alive during the tribulation, I encourage you and I urge you to repent and come to Jesus today while you still have time, because as we as we see God's wrath continues to be poured out in verse three of Revelation 16. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea and it became blood as a dead man and every living creature in the sea died. I went into the grocery store uh, a few weeks ago to buy some candy for our son. He had asked if I could pick up some MMs. And when I turned down the candy aisle, the shelves were almost completely bare. I estimated that it was probably stocked at less than 10% capacity. So I went over to the breakfast meat section and was confronted with the same thing just one bare shelf after another. Now, the experts say it was due to supply chain disruptions that were triggered by the COVID 19 pandemic several years ago. And we all remember how scarce toilet paper became at the beginning of the pandemic as people rushed to the stores to buy up toilet paper in anticipation of lockdowns. And I'll be honest with you, I still do not understand the rush on toilet paper. I mean, I get that it is a priority, but if I'm not going to be able to leave home food and water is at the top of my priority list, but I I, I sort of digress. You know, we made a garage addition to our home last year. Now the garage doors were ordered in the summer, but did not arrive until the following January. And once again, supply chain problems were the reason for the delay. So many of us have experienced firsthand over the past couple of years, what it is like to not be able to find a product due to being out of stock. We have seen the images of, of the cargo ships stuck at ports on our coastline. But if you think we have supply chain problems now, Imagine what it will be like during the tribulation when God turns all the oceans into blood. Now, I am no nautical expert, but I do not believe that cargo ships can sail in blood. One third of the sea was turned to blood at the second trumpet judgment. But here the entire sea is included. All the dead life of the ocean will float to the top with decaying bodies emitting this unbearable stench and likely causing widespread disease. And when we think about it, this this is a catastrophe that's really almost beyond human comprehension. Instead of looking out to to beautiful ocean views from the the high-rise condos, the people in coastbound cities like New York and Tampa Bay and San Francisco, they will instead be faced with a sea of blood. Imagine the impact. Imagine the chaos. Imagine the panic That will fall upon man. And why will this happen? Well, it is because God is just. He must judge sin. This will be one of the prices to pay for those on earth at the time of the tribulation and have rejected Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But the great thing, folks, is that you do not have to experience this. If you will receive Christ today, you will be assured to be with him when the angel pours out his wrath upon the earth. If you have never received him, I encourage you, I urge you to do so today. As we move on to verse four, then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water and they became blood. The third bowl judgment is a sequel to the second. This judgment involves the fresh waters turning into blood. This includes the creeks, the rivers, the fountains, the springs, ponds, lakes, underground reservoirs. This will mirror Egyptian plague number one from Exodus chapter seven, verses 14 through 21. Water is a basic human need. So this is going to, without a doubt, lead to disease and pestilence. And unless God provides another water source, a man figures out a way to purify it. Chaos is going to ensue. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the supply chain problems, as we look at COVID-19, and the things that have been triggered from it, We have found that as I go into the grocery stores, little to no jugs of water for for most of my trips over the past six to 12 months. The disappointment and sometimes frustration, though, pales in comparison to what life will be like during the tribulation when all fresh water becomes blood. The question is, how long can humans survive without water? What will be the full scope of this judgment? You may ask. Well, I cannot say with 100% certainty, but water stored in city towers may be available for use. If so, it will be a gradually diminishing resource, which will definitely, definitely lead to rioting to get it. But the fact that the Bible states the water in pitchers and buckets were turned to blood in the Egyptian plague of Exodus 719, I think it may debunk that theory. Well, another theory is that most fruits and vegetables have a high water content level. So maybe the water within that which had been has been stored in freezers and refrigerators will remain pure, allowing man to avoid immediate dehydration. There's water in prepackaged sodas, beer, wine. Those things may also be available. But again, even if so, they will be diminishing resources. And then if we look at the plague of scorpion like locusts in Revelation nine, five, it had a shelf life. That plague was limited to five months. So so maybe this plague of the waters will be limited as well. But we don't know for sure. But however long it lasts, many will die as the world spins into a survival of the fittest. But God will see to it that the rejecters of Christ feel the brunt of his wrath. Why roll the dice and wonder? how bad this judgment will be. There is a way to make sure you will never have to face it. And the only way is by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you have not already, I encourage you to do so today. You know, folks, as we look at these judgments, these bowls of God's wrath. It it sounds like a fairy tale, and there are a lot of doubters out there, a lot of skeptics that say, I just can't believe that this is going to happen. But again, all we have to do is look at what has already happened with the plagues of Egypt in which God has already done a lot of these things. But Jesus said again, it is going to be the worst time that the world has ever seen or ever will see. So it's going to be even greater. But there are historical accounts that showed that the plagues that happened in Egypt truly did happen but it's going to be even on a grander scale coming in the seven year tribulation. Folks, I encourage you give your heart to Jesus Christ today. This is not a game. This is not a fairy tale. These are real things that are going to happen. Stop getting caught up and distracted by the devil's tactics in which he's trying to, to divide us politically. Stop getting caught up in the devil's tactics in which he's trying to divide us based on race. This, this critical race theory and all of these things that the devil is putting out there as stumbling blocks. And I see many who profess to be Christians and they're being distracted. We as believers in Christ must transcend the tricks of the devil and we must know what he's doing to try to get us off track. We must keep our eyes focused on our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the closing minute, I want to give a brief prayer as we close out for today. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your great word, Lord, and your love and compassion. You warn us of what is yet to come. It is my prayer, Lord, that this message goes out and it is not for the sake of increasing knowledge, but it's for the sake of changing hearts. It is for the sake of saving souls. It is for the sake of giving those who are already believers of you the urgency to share with their unbelieving loved ones and friends, family, that they too will come to know you as Lord and Savior prick their hearts, Lord, with this word and let them know that a day of wrath, a day of judgment is coming for all who have rejected you. And so, Lord, we pray that they will come to know you as Lord and Savior, because you said when all these things begin to happen, to look up and watch because your redemption draws near. And we look forward to that day, Lord, when you will come back and rule and reign and we will be with you for all of eternity. How great you are, Lord. How wonderful is your name. We give you the glory, Lord. We give you the honor and we give you, Lord, all the praise. So as we close today, Lord, we remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless God's great nation of Israel. And to the only wise God, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. You've been listening to the Bible teacher, Brian C. Thomas founder and president of God First. Ryan and God First reserve all copyright protection under applicable law. Our copyright policy is available at our website, godfirst.org. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God.